This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. The digital age commodifies our attention often without us realizing it. How can we open our eyes to the resulting dangers and the damage that can happen to our souls? Keep listening to find out more about Jay Kim's Analog Christian, a follow-up to his previous book, Analog Church. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Getting the word with truth table. Presented by Inner Varsity Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the word and may the word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your word. Old Testament reading, Daniel chapter 4, verses 19 through 37. Daniel interprets Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Then Daniel, whose name is also Belteshazzar, was upset for a brief time. His thoughts were alarming him. The king said, Belteshazzar, don't let the dream and its interpretation alarm you. But Belteshazzar replied, Sir, if only the dream were for your enemies and its interpretation applied to your adversaries. The tree that you saw that grew large and strong, whose top reached to the sky, and that could be seen in all the land, whose foliage was attractive and its fruit plentiful and from which there was food available for all, under whose branches wild animals used to live, and in whose branches birds of the sky used to nest. It is you, O king, for you have become great and strong. Your greatness is such that it reaches to heaven and your authority to the ends of the earth. As for the king seeing a holy sentinel coming down from heaven and saying, chop down the tree and destroy it, but leave its taproot in the ground with a band of iron and bronze around it, surrounded by the grass of the field. Let it become damp with the dew of the sky, and let it live with the wild animals until seven periods of time go by for him. This is the interpretation, O king. It is the decision of the Most High that this has happened to my lord the king. You will be driven from human society, and you will live with the wild animals. You will be fed grass like oxen, and you will become damp with the dew of the sky. Seven periods of time will pass by for you before you understand that the Most High is ruler over human kingdoms and gives them to whomever he wishes. They said to leave the taproot of the tree, for your kingdom will be restored to you when you come to understand that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, may my advice be pleasing to you, 
Break away from your sins by doing what is right and from your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps your prosperity will be prolonged. Now all this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. After 12 months, he happened to be walking around on the battlements of the royal palace of Babylon. The king uttered these words, Is this not the great Babylon that I have built for a royal residence by my own mighty strength and for my majestic honor? While these words were still on the king's lips, a voice came down from heaven. It is hereby announced to you, King Nebuchadnezzar, that your kingdom has been removed from you. You will be driven from human society and you will live with the wild animals. You will be fed grass like oxen and seven periods of time will pass by for you before you understand that the Most High is ruler over human kingdoms and gives them to whomever he wishes. Now in that very moment, this pronouncement about Nebuchadnezzar came true. He was driven from human society. He ate grass like oxen and his body became damp with the dew of the sky until his hair became long like an eagle's feathers and his nails like a bird's claws. But at the end of the appointed time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, looked up towards heaven, and my sanity returned to me. I extolled the Most High, and I praised and glorified the one who lives forever. For his authority is an everlasting authority, and his kingdom extends from one generation to the next. All the inhabitants of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he wishes with the army of heaven and with those who inhabit the earth. No one slaps his hand and says to him, What have you done? At that time, my sanity returned to me. I was restored to the honor of my kingdom, and my splendor returned to me. My ministers and my nobles were seeking me out, and I was reinstated over my kingdom. I became even greater than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the King of heaven, for all his deeds are right, and his ways are just. He is able to bring down those who live in pride. Ezekiel chapter 40, verses 1 through 46. Vision of the New Temple. In the 25th year of our exile, at the beginning of the year, on the 10th day of the month, in the 14th year after the city was struck down, on this very day, the hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me there. By divine visions, he brought me to the land of Israel and placed me on a very high mountain, and on it was a structure like a city to the south. When he brought me there, I saw a man whose appearance was like bronze, with a linen cord and a measuring stick in his hand. He was standing in the gateway. The man said to me, Son of man, watch closely, listen carefully, and pay attention to everything I show you, for you have been brought here so that I can show it to you. Tell the house of Israel everything you see. I saw a wall all around the outside of the temple, and the man's hand was a measuring stick ten and a half feet long. He measured the thickness of the wall as ten and a half feet, and its height as ten and a half feet. Then he went to the gate facing east. He climbed its steps and measured the threshold of the gate as ten and a half feet deep. The alcoves were ten and a half feet long and ten and a half feet wide. Between the alcoves were eight and three-fourths feet. The threshold of the gate by the porch of the gate facing inward was ten and a half feet. Then he measured the porch of the gate facing inward as ten and a half feet. He measured the porch of the gate as fourteen feet and its jams as three and a half feet. The porch of the gate faced inward. There were three alcoves on each side of the east gate. The three had the same measurement and the jams on either side had the same measurement. 
He measured the width of the entrance of the gateway as seventeen and a half feet, and the length of the gateway as twenty-two and three-fourths feet. There was a barrier in front of the alcoves, one and three-fourths feet on either side. The alcoves were ten and a half feet on either side. He measured the gateway from the roof of one alcove to the roof of the other, a width of forty-three and three-fourths feet from one entrance to the opposite one. He measured the porch at 105 feet high. The gateway went all around to the jamb at the courtyard. From the front of the entrance gate to the porch of the inner gate was 87 and a half feet. There were closed windows towards the alcoves and towards the jams within the gate all around, and likewise for the porches. There were windows all around the inside, and on each jamb were decorative palm trees. Then he brought me to the outer court. I saw chambers there and a pavement made for the court all around. Thirty chambers faced the pavement. The pavement was beside the gates, corresponding to the length of the gates. This was the lower pavement. Then he measured the width from before the lower gate to the front of the exterior of the inner court as 175 feet on the east and on the north. He measured the length and width of the gate of the outer court that faces north. Its alcoves, three on each side, and its jams and porches had the same measurement as the first gate, 87 and a half feet long and 43 and three-fourths feet wide. Its windows, its porches, and its decorative palm trees had the same measurement as the gate that faced east. Seven steps led up to it, and its porch was in front of them. Opposite the gate on the north and the east was a gate of the inner court. He measured the distance from gate to gate at 175 feet. Then he led me towards the south. I saw a gate on the south. He measured its jams and its porches. They had the same dimensions as the others. There were windows all around it and its porches, like the windows of the others, 87 and a half feet long and 43 and three-fourths feet wide. There were seven steps going up to it. Its porches were in front of them. It had decorative palm trees on its jams, one on either side. The inner court had a gate towards the south. He measured it from gate to gate towards the south as 175 feet. Then he brought me to the inner court by the south gate. He measured the south gate. It had the same dimensions as the others. Its alcoves, its jams, its porches had the same dimensions as the others, and there were windows all around it and its porches. Its length was 87 and a half feet, and its width 43 and three-fourths feet. There were porches all around. 43 and three-fourths feet long, and eight and three-fourths feet wide. Its porches faced the outer court, and decorative palm trees were on its jams, and its stairway had eight steps. Then he brought me to the inner court on the east side. He measured the gate. It had the same dimensions as the others. Its alcoves, its jams, its porches had the same dimensions as the others, and there were windows all around it and its porches. Its length was 87 and a half feet, and its width, 43 and three-four feet. Its porches faced the outer court. It had decorative palm trees on its jams, and its stairway had eight steps. Then he brought me to the north gate, and he measured it. It had the same dimensions as the others. Its alcoves, its jams, its porches. It had windows all around it. Its length was 87 and a half feet, and its width, 43 and three-four feet. Its jams faced the outer court and it had decorative palm trees on its jams on either side, and its stairway had eight steps. There was a chamber with its door by the porch of the gate. 
There they washed the burnt offering. In the porch of the gate were two tables on either side on which to slaughter the burnt offering, the sin offering, and the guilt offering. On the outside of the porch, as one goes up at the entrance of the north gate were two tables, and on the other side of the porch of the gate were two tables. Four tables were on each side of the gate, eight tables on which the sacrifices were to be slaughtered. The four tables for the burnt offering were of carved stone, 32 inches long, 32 inches wide, and 21 inches high. They would put the instruments that they used to slaughter the burnt offering and the sacrifice on them. There were hooks three inches long fastened in the house all around, and on the tables was the flesh of the offering. On the outside of the inner gate were chambers for the singers of the inner court, one at the side of the north gate facing south and the other at the side of the south gate facing north. He said to me, This chamber that faces south is for the priests who keep charge of the temple, and the chamber that faces north is for the priests who keep charge of the altar. These are the descendants of Zadok, from the descendants of Levi, who may approach the Lord to minister to him. New Testament reading, Acts chapter 20, verse 13, through chapter 21, verse 14. The Voyage to Miletus We went on ahead to the ship and put out to sea for Assos, intending to take Paul aboard there for he had arranged it this way. He himself was intending to go there by land. When he met us in Assos, we took him aboard and went to Mytilene. We set sail from there, and on the following day we arrived at Chios. The next day we approached Samos, and the day after we arrived at Miletus, for Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so as not to spend time in the province of Asia, for he was hurrying to arrive in Jerusalem, if possible by the day of Pentecost. From Miletus, he sent a message to Ephesus, telling the elders of the church to come to him. When they arrived, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I set foot in the province of Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears, and with the trials that happened to me because of the plots of the Jews. You know that I did not hold back from proclaiming to you anything that would be helpful and from teaching you publicly and from house to house, testifying to both Jews and Greeks about repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem without knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit warns me in town after town that imprisonment and persecutions are waiting for me. But I do not consider my life worth anything to myself so that I may finish my task and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the good news of God's grace. And now I know that none of you among whom I went around proclaiming the kingdom will see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of you all, for I did not hold back from announcing to you the whole purpose of God. Watch out for yourselves and for all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God that he obtained with the blood of his own son. I know that after I am gone, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Even from among your own group, men will arise, teaching perversions of the truth to draw the disciples away after them. Therefore be alert, remembering that night and day for three years, I did not stop warning each of you with tears. 
And now I entrust you to God and to the message of his grace. This message is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have desired no one's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine provided for my needs and the needs of those who were with me. By all these things, I have shown you that by working in this way, we must help the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When he had said these things, he knelt down with them all and prayed. They all began to weep loudly and hugged Paul and kissed him, especially saddened by what he had said, that they were not going to see him again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. Chapter 21, Paul's Journey to Jerusalem. After we tore ourselves away from them, we put out to sea, and sailing at a straight course, we came to Kos, on the next day to Rhodes, and from there to Patara. We found a ship crossing over to Phoenicia, went aboard, and put out to sea. After we sighted Cyprus and left it behind on our port side, we sailed to Syria and put in at Tyre because the ship was to unload its cargo there. After we located the disciples, we stayed there seven days. They repeatedly told Paul through the Spirit not to set foot in Jerusalem. When our time was over, we left and went on our way. All of them, with their wives and children, accompanied us outside of the city. After kneeling down on the beach and praying, we said farewell to one another. Then we went aboard the ship, and they returned to their own homes. We continued the voyage from Tyre and arrived at Ptolemaeus. And when we had greeted the brothers, we stayed with them for one day. On the next day, we left and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip the Evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. While we remained there for a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. He came to us, took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it, and said, The Holy Spirit says this, This is the way the Jews in Jerusalem will tie up the man whose belt this is, and will hand him over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, both we and the local people begged him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul replied, What are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be tied up, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Because he could not be persuaded, we said no more except the Lord's will be done. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Gracious and holy God, we thank you for this new day with new mercies. We thank you for your word, Lord, and we are reminded through your word today, O oh God, how sometimes we are called to make hard, hard decisions and to walk in hard paths. When we think about the life and the ministry of our older brother in the faith, the Apostle Paul, this is incredibly true. He certainly could have attempted to avoid Jerusalem, but he walked towards where he had been called to go, knowing that he had entrusted himself in you, Lord Jesus. And I pray, O oh God, that you would grant to us all this type of boldness, this type of strength, this type of soberness, step by step in your will, wherever you lead us, O oh God. We thank you, O oh Lord, for the ways in which we see 
your mighty hand and your word at work, particularly as we look at these Old Testament passages, as we reflect on the Hebrew scriptures, oh God, we see over and over and over again how you say, I, the sovereign Lord, say so. And oftentimes we are struck by the ways, oh God, uh, that you articulate to leaders, those who find themselves in positions of social power and authority, how you will bring them low, how you will remind them who ultimately has all of the power, all of the authority, who really is the true king of kings. And, And as you lay out and as you say clearly the ways in which they will be rebuked or punished, you say, I, the sovereign Lord, say so. And that they will then know that you are God. And I thank you, O Lord, for all the ways that you reveal yourself to us. But I am so grateful that while you could reveal yourself through judgment to us, bringing us low because of our haughtiness, you have also chosen to show your love and kindness to us through mercy and compassion and gentleness and forgiveness and giving us an opportunity over and over and over again to repent and to make right. I, the Lord, say so. God, we just thank you for this. We thank you for grace and mercy today. It does not have to be this way. And that's why it's grace. That is why it's mercy. Help us never to have an attitude of that you owe us something, oh God, for you have given us your very self. You have given us your very best and you are still pouring out your spirit even now on your church, guiding us home, O oh Lord, helping us to understand your word and to love you and love our neighbor, growing us up in the faith, O oh Lord. We just thank you that you have chosen to reveal that you are the Lord to us through kindness and compassion and not judgment. Thank you for that, O oh Lord. Thank you for your kindness and your tender mercy. And we thank you, O oh Lord, that even when you correct us, it is on the agenda of your love and for our maturation in the faith, O God. And we thank you for this, Lord. We thank you that the good work that you have started in us, you will bring it to completion. And that even when we experience the consequences of our actions, even when we experience rebuke, even when we experience conviction, because we are your children, because your promises are yes and amen, on the other side of that rebuke, on the other side of that correction, on the other side of reaping what we have sown, we are reminded that you are God and that you are our God and that we are your people. Lord God, would you continue to hold our hands and walk with us in this journey of this life as we go from life to eternal life, which has started now. We rest in you because of the promises that you have given to us. And God, we pray right now that we would really live lives where we can entrust ourselves to you that come what may your will be done. That come what may, your will be done. Help us to really and truly lay hold of this eternal destiny that you have granted to us, that we need not live today or tomorrow as people afraid, that we can live in love and not in fear, because you hold our future and you hold us in the palm of your hands. Release us into love and away from fear, O God, and help us to agree with your will for us, knowing that you are good to us and you are merciful to us, and you have chosen to show us that you are God Almighty, not in your judgment, 
but in your deep abiding compassion towards us. And for that, we praise your name today. In Christ's name, the one who has brought forth great compassion from God to us, that we say amen and amen. In Analog Christian, author Jay Kim explores how followers of Jesus should respond to the digital age, which inclines us toward discontentment, fragility, and foolishness. He also discusses the theological basis for living in creative resistance to the forces of our day and how Christians can cultivate the contentment, resilience, and wisdom to not only survive, but to thrive in this age. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word. That's promo code T-H-E. W-O-R-D at ivpress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. So, 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 so,